0: I'm not, baby! It's Jake C. Lee. I'm great! Everybody else sucks! Oh, Oh, no! It's every nightmare I've ever had! Excuse me. It's time to check the link. Pretty crazy,
1: huh? (laughs) But it doesn't matter because none of this has anything to do with the show. You know what? You just made the list! (laughs) Oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's all in. Sure, we talk about it all the time. Really?
0: No. Game on, everybody. It's All in Sports. Jake Seeley, your host as always. And as always, if you're coming from today's guest and not from my Twitter, I'm at AllInKid. And if you're not part of The Athletic, I don't know what you're waiting for. But if you're not, so new subscribers, $1 a month right now to sign up. So if you go to my rankings, my waiver column, pick a piece, whatever it is, $1 a month to sign up. So, no more excuses. And you can read on all your great teams. It's not just the fancy content. There's loads and loads of great information on the site. The best writers in the world. But speaking of best in the world, we're going to talk some fantasy football today. So, let's get to my guest for the week. Uh, I mean, if you're... I, I would say if you're not listening to this show, but if you're not watching this person, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. This, like, I don't know which way to go with it because I feel like if you're following fantasy football, you know who Marcus Grant is. If you don't, you're only doing yourself a disservice. At Marcus G with two A's for people that don't know how to spell his name. And if you don't know how to spell his name, if you don't know what he's doing, if you don't follow him on the NFL network, fix that right now. Uh, I've had, Marcus, how long have I known you? Las Vegas was a long time ago.
1: Yeah, um jeez, Las Vegas was probably what it's 2020 now. I lose track of what time what, what date it is. Um but that was probably what 6 years six, ago?
0: 6 7 years? I kind of feel like, it, like I just
1: remember my my very first impression of you was like,
0: "Oh, he's the comedian guy that likes to do sound effects." Like <laughs>
1: Wow, I just remember that was like that was the weekend I met. um That was the that was League of Leagues, right? Yeah, um, Pat, yeah Mayo, all guys, you, Pat Mayo, all you guys, you and Pat Mayo yeah I, are you still in league of leagues by the way no
0: no <laughs> i uh i kind of didn't have time for that mostly because i stopped paying that much attention to basketball like i watched the playoffs i'm watching the playoffs in the finals but mm-hmm. i don't know like for us for our job you know i do fancy baseball as well right i don't know i would say 30 of the third well, is there 30 teams or is there 32
1: teams i don't even know anymore no i think it's, <laughs> I think it's 30 in the nba
0: Okay, then I don't know 28 of the 30 teams' third player. Like, I just don't don't have the knowledge anymore.
1: (laughs) No, I'm with you. I mean, that was sort of why I I tapped out. I tapped out after the first two-year cycle because it's just like – even with with baseball, fantasy baseball – um, like the last couple years I would play and I, I just had to retire from that because I would, I was fine, you know, April, May, even into June, but then once July hit and training camp started, like that just sort of consumed everything. And I just couldn't pay attention to fantasy baseball anymore. So I had to sort of retire from that. And then I'm with you, like I watch basketball, but I don't, I don't follow it closely enough anymore to play on a fantasy level. So I just, I felt like I had to just retire from league of leagues altogether and just, you know, <laughs> like just focus all my energy on fantasy football now and
0: Originally originally was supposed to include hockey
1: too like, yeah, oh i would have no been way. completely yeah there's no way there's no way <laughs> through that but
0: uh, before we get into the rest of the thing, tv recommendations we always have to talk tv we do Anything um
1: good? you know it's funny because this time of year i don't have as much time I, i'm catching up I'm, I'm keeping up with the boys um on amazon prime uh which which oh, has been, I've, been fantastic I've, I've, Two episodes ago, I said it was the best episode of the season, and I forgot
0: to watch the last episode.
1: Oh yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm completely caught up, so that's been great. So I've been watching that, and I've been watching Lovecraft Country on HBO, which has been a lot of fun. Um, so those are the kind of the things there. Oh, and then I'm I'm excited because uh, Archer is back, and I know I think I feel like a lot of people sort of tapped out on Archer. Oh, Archer. A couple seasons ago, because they did those you know those weird you know one off seasons. Um, yeah. But I would say the the last one off that they did, the uh, the space version, I think it was like Archer 1999 or something like that. I mean, it was that's um, actually
0: when I kind of just started. I, I didn't even realize newest seasons were coming out after that. That's I didn't so purposely tap the, out.
1: The last one they did was, what was like a space theme one. And that one actually yeah. was pretty good because it actually sort of. It, it sort of felt like the original show again, even though it was like a different setting or whatever. Uh, the writing was a lot like what we saw in the first season. Uh, the jokes were kind of similar, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, and now it it actually is back; like they're back to being a spy agency again. Um, you know, our, spoiler alert: Archer has woke up from his coma uh, <laughs> that he was in and they're back to being a spy agency and you know obviously it's been a few years so things have changed and he's sort of trying to catch up with the world that he has missed over the last few years and and it feels right again so the first uh, few episodes of the new season of archer are worth your while and and you can sort of jump back in and feel like you haven't missed anything even if you didn't watch those other seasons you can jump back in here and not really feel like you've missed a whole lot yeah you
0: know okay yeah Yeah, this is a good month i'm excited so uh i'm the new haunting the Haunting of Bly Manor this time. It comes out okay. this week. So mm-hmm. that comes out. I'm, I'm curious of that Hellstrom show. And then, of course, the end of the month, Mandalorian. And Mandalorian. I don't know if you know this. Did you know Animaniacs is coming back next month? So I had heard that.
1: I, here's the thing. I have mixed feelings Are you going to say that. you never got – wait. No, no, mixed no, Mixed no, feelings because no.
0: you never got into it or mixed no, no, feelings because no, it's
1: coming back? I was totally into it. No, I was absolutely okay. into okay. it. One, I, I went back because I think the old episodes are on – I don't know if it's Netflix or Hulu. I think the old episodes are actually on a streaming service somewhere. And I sort of watched them and, you know, it kind of held my interest a little bit. My fear is that the magic is sort of gone because I'm a grown up now. Um, (laughs) And I say say that because I remember a few years ago, uh, Adult Swim brought back Pee Wee's Playhouse. And I remember being super excited, right? And like, you know, setting the DVR or staying up and watching Pee Wee's Playhouse on Adult Swim, and, like, after three days of it, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of over this now. So, like, that's <laughs> sort of my feeling of what's going to happen. But I will definitely – I'm sure I'll check it out. I'm, I'll dive back in. I just hope that that the magic stays Is the it, same because it was pretty great.
0: It was. Uh, one of my favorite segments ever was when they did the spoof off of Abbott Costello and did the band Yes – and yes yes what mm-hmm. was the other one it was the band the who the who who yeah who's on stage who? and then no the band is next yes no who? yes isn't next and boo, The band <laughs> is next. And that was one of the funniest things uh, of all time so lastly before we get to the football uh or i might put this at the end of the show so people will just have to figure this out but i do have a bone to pick with you because i don't know if you saw my tweet of my waving forrest gump gif at you how are you going to come after it? You, you mocking somebody for Supernatural? Supernatural is one of think, the
1: best shows of all time. Here's the thing. I'm not really... I, I, I know I, I sort of took, a I guess, a sideswipe at, at, you know, D-Bro, Derek Brown uh, about about uh, Supernatural. I have no beef with Supernatural. I know nothing about the show. And I think that, that was really more of what the intent of my tweet was, is that, like, this is a show that's been on for, what, like, 17 seasons? 17. And, I, <laughs> and until you and Derek, I didn't know anybody who actually watched it. Like, obviously, people are watching it because it wouldn't have stayed on this long. But for me, supernatural is just the show that like if I'm watching the NBA on TNT and I turn the TV off at night like when I turn the TV back on in the morning supernatural is showing like that's all I know <laughs> about supernatural so like I don't I don't hate it I just don't know anything about it and like I really have never met anybody who was into it so I'm, I guess I feel sort of good that I know that you and somebody else are fans of the show uh so it wasn't it wasn't actually intended to be shade on the show supernatural it was more of just sort of my amazement of like finally meeting somebody after all this time <laughs> Who watches it that's all
0: <laughs> I, I actually funny enough uh, because so uh, i rotate my t-shirts that i do on the pat mayo show every single week and because of your tweet i wore my scooby natural shirt they did an entire episode like scooby-doo where they animated the show <laughs> including their characters uh that's one of the things i will say if anybody has time now it's 15 seasons not 17 but it's over 300 episodes okay. if anybody in the off season has the time of a show that you really want to get invested to that you never watched highly one of my top five recommendations but it is a hell of a show to get into as i just said over 300 episodes although i will say there's two seasons i can tell you to skip but i don't know how much that helps but again Uh,
1: all right we're, Fun we're fact, here to talk by the football. way. Uh, yes. You, you talk about Scooby Doo. I uh, I once had a roommate who literally was the real life version of Shaggy. I mean, he looked like Shaggy. <laughs> he sort of walked like Shaggy. Um, but the funny part about it is, like, when we would go out, we were gonna go out like, to a bar or something or to a party. Like, it would take him the longest to get ready, and we're like, "How? How does it take you longer than everybody else?" Because <laughs> he was having like Scooby snacks. <laughs> Maybe I mean, because like you you. you like you just rolled out of bed why does it take you longer than the rest of us to get ready to go out it was mind-boggling <laughs> i just love that
0: to this day a kid's show if you ever read into it was talking about getting high like <laughs> and
1: people <would> just <laughs> uh, you know what? it's it's funny because uh, i i had another friend who actually had i know we're not supposed to be talking about scooby-doo but whatever um he had a, he had this theory that um scooby was actually a, another person was actually just one of the gang but they were all so baked that, that they thought he was a talking dog <laughs> <laughs> I, i've never thought of that before and that's hilarious <laughs>
0: oh my god that's i i just i like to care if that's true i'm just that's i'm going with that now that is the best theory i think i've ever heard of scooby-doo i love it uh so wait wait wait. so was scrappy like his son so it's a real person and like the real son is that what happened
1: uh, i think it's his, his nephew or something right his nephew but whatever but like a real person a real kid yeah, <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> he was, was really because they, they were all just baked, so it just made sense that he would have been a talking dog also.
0: Right, and that's probably why he was the one that was, like, annoyed by the rest of them, so... Right, because, also he was yeah.
1: sort of annoying his, himself, so...
0: Yeah, right. well, that makes sense. All right, so, a couple things, we're going to have a little fun with some segment E-type things today, but the one thing that's not segment E is I do want to bring up, which I'm sure you've already talked about, oh, by the way, I know I mentioned it, but tell everybody... When you're on, what to follow your podcast? Uh, you also have a good friend of mine on with you quite a bit, but uh, everything you got going on over there.
1: Yeah, uh, well, you can find NFL Fantasy Live on NFL Network. Uh, the easiest way to say it is just to set your DVRs. But um, if we're going to be super specific about it, it is on uh, Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday at 5 p or uh, sorry, at 6 p m Eastern, and then on Thursdays it's at 5 p m Eastern because of TNF, so it's an hour earlier there. Um, and then the NFL Fantasy Football Show, formerly the NFL Fantasy Podcast, uh, it, it uh, down, you can download it three times a week where you download podcasts. And also it is a streaming show this year, which is new. So uh, it streams on NFL.com, in the NFL Fantasy app, or on YouTube. I know that's a lot, uh, but basically, just, uh, basically if you just follow me on Twitter, uh, you'll see a lot of that stuff. Uh, that's probably the easiest way to do it. But uh, yeah, that's all that. I even write a column every once in a while. Uh, I I write the waiver wire column on NFL.com, which I have sort of taken to making it some sort of weird maudlin emo pros this year instead of just a list of (laughs) names. So if you are into that sort of thing, please, by all means, uh, check it out.
0: Anything that's different than the norm, I'm going to enjoy. So uh, I will definitely recommend that as well. All right. So the first thing off the top, and like I said, so this is going to be or is in your waiver column, I should say something you probably already talked about, but the Austin Eckler injury. So Mm -hmm. right now, Joshua Kelly looks like the next man up. Uh, Justin Jackson, we assume, is going to be involved. I'll give you my take of what I said and also kind of want to see where you're headed with this. So it's twofold. There's one heading into the season, I was off on Justin Jackson. I don't know if you were, but I was off on him because I like Kelly as the Melvin Gordon replacement. That being said, I'm still going heavy after Jackson as well as Kelly because what if they don't change the offense and it's Jackson 60% and Kelly stays as 40%? I think a lot of us assume it's going to be the reverse, But are you taking that same gamble too as in, hey, just don't overlook Jackson because we don't know for sure.
1: I'm definitely saying don't overlook Justin Jackson. I I do think Joshua Kelly's sort of the next man up. I'll say that in the preseason, I think I leaned a little more toward Justin Jackson, but I wasn't like married to that, right? Like I wasn't banging the table for Justin Jackson. And if if somebody came to me with Joshua Kelly, I wasn't going to fight you very hard on that because I felt like, you know, it was a better than even chance that he could win that job. Uh, I think the thing that, that makes me hesitant about him suddenly getting this huge workload and, and kind of taking over uh, Austin Eckler's, you know, snap share is the fact that he has had some ball security issues. And I think that's going to be a big thing. I mean, look, you, when your head coach is a former running back, like Anthony Lynn is, he is going to be very, very strict about taking care of the football, especially from the running back position. And so Kelly has sort of struggled with that. And that might be the thing that allows Justin Jackson to sort of slide in, and get a little bit more workload than we expected. Now, the alternative to this, though, is that maybe they just put the ball in the hands of Justin Herbert a little bit more. Because Hmm. even though they haven't won the last couple games, I don't think you could put any of that on Herbert's shoulders. I mean, I think he's gone out there and played very well. He's throwing the ball downfield. He's getting Keenan Allen involved. He's getting a lot of the other pass catchers involved. And so it may be a situation where – you know, they sort of asked the rookie to maybe do a little bit more instead of trying to put this thing on Justin Jackson's shoulders. So I think that's sort of, uh, I think that's sort of the, the issue there. But again, if, if Justin Jackson is out there on the waiver wire, I think you go pick him up. There are a, there are a shocking number of leagues on NFL.com where Joshua Kelly is still available. So if he's, if you have one of those leagues where he's still out there, make sure you go get him. But uh, I I do think that both those running backs will end up seeing a decent amount of work going forward.
0: All right. Well then two follow-up questions. Uh, Oh, well, real quickly, this is kind of like a sidebar. Do you know what, Keenan Allen's target share is the last two games. I tweeted this out earlier if you earlier if you I saw did not,
1: it. I did not see it. Uh, so just because you're asking, I'm gonna guess it's like fifty-five percent. I'm gonna guess something <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> you went a little high, but it's not that far. Forty two point five percent. Okay, I just I was gonna get I was gonna go like just just guess ridiculous, but okay.
0: All right. It's like record breaking. So uh, I, this is the follow up. It's a two part question. I'll give you. well, I wanna save the second part. The first part is are you concerned about regression? Because he is targeting the living hell out of Keenan Allen.
1: I mean, yeah, there's going to be some, but I think the other part of it is, like, who else are they really going to target heavily in that offense, right? I mean, I know they threw to, to as Adam Rank would say, some mid-card jobbers and some curtain jerkers this past week, and then you found those guys scoring <laughs> touchdowns. But, I mean, when you think about needing to move the chains and, and keep this offense going – it is going to be Keenan Allen. Maybe you sprinkle in some Hunter Henry, but with Austin Eckler gone, that takes out one of the big targets in this offense. So um, you know, maybe not at a 42% clip, but I could sur- certainly see him still getting around 35, 35 or so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think, I think yeah. that's possible.
0: All right. So the follow-up question is this, uh, you mentioned Anthony Lynn. If I told you from one to 10 trust, trust fall, like one is your trust fall on the floor. 10 is your trust falling off a building. Uh, how much do you believe in trust fall into Anthony Lynn that when Tyrod Taylor is healthy, he is the quarterback.
1: Uh, I mean, the way he is talking, I, I mean, I'm going to say like a seven. Um, <laughs> right. And so this is where, this is where I'm emotionally torn because I like Tyrod as a player. Like I'm just a fan of Tyrod Taylor. I, I, I wanted to see him get an opportunity, but at the same time, I can't deny that for fantasy football, Justin Herbert is just a better option. Yes. Um, he, he just is right. So I, I just have to sort of admit that, but everything Anthony Lynn has been saying just leads me to believe that when Tyrod is healthy. They're gonna go back to him, uh, and I think I think what sort of is making it easier for Anthony Lynn is the fact that they're not winning games. You know, oh, I,
0: mean, I thought I thought the easier. I thought you were gonna say because they stabbed him in the chest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, what? Yeah, no, what? What makes it easier for for him to go back to Tyrod is the fact. I mean, they're one in three right now. You know, if right. if it were flipped the other way, if they were three and one and Herbert was doing what he was doing, then I think that becomes a much more difficult conversation. But the fact is. Um, they are they're watching themselves slip out of the playoff race right now I think I I never thought they had a chance to win the AFC West that that belongs to the Chiefs but they're slipping out of the playoff race altogether so I think as long as as long as Anthony Lynn believes that Tyrod is the guy who can help them win he's going to get that job back which kind of stinks for anybody who has Keenan Allen and has been enjoying the benefits of having Justin Herbert as quarterback
0: yeah i'm with you on that and again i kind of made that joke because it almost feels like he kind of he deserves it he deserves to come back after getting stabbed through the lung but uh, (laughs) all right so this is the first of three segments they're going to kind of be fun more quick hitty type stuff but it's this time of year we're now four weeks into the season so we have a month essentially we have a good sample and i do a section of my waiver column that i call dumpsville And I want to know, in your opinion, 12-team league, your standard, you know, two running backs, three wide receivers. And I know there's, like, relative context, so I'll have some follow-up questions for you. But basically, if you own them, Marcus Grant, are you willing at this point to just straight-out drop them? And the first one off the top is somebody who's fallen to third in targets for his team. That's A.J. Green. He gone.
1: Yeah, I'm – Gone. Yeah, look – I I was very skeptical about him coming into the season. I don't think I drafted him in any spots, Um, you know, and I know people I think were sort of optimistic as, as our friend, uh, Roto Pat, Pat Doherty would say he was, I think people were sort of wish casting when it came to AJ green. Um, I just looked at it as people got excited in late August because he was running at practice. And I'm like, look, if I'm spending a (laughs) mid round draft pick on a guy, like I want more from him than just running at practice, uh, and then I think what we've seen from T Higgins the last couple of weeks has just solidified the fact that Higgins is the number two receiver on this team behind Tyler Boyd. So, uh, look, nostalgia is a fun, powerful thing. But but in this case, I think it's time to move on from A.J. Green.
0: Would you drop him for Zach Pascal?
1: I think there's more upside with Pascal. Uh, I'm, I'm generally out, I think, right now on the Colts passing game. I just haven't seen anything from it that makes me excited. Uh, but I think Pascal has certainly more upside than A.J. Green does.
0: Okay. All right, next one. I have a feeling
1: this is going to be an easy one, but uh, Anthony Miller. I know I should say just drop him, but I can't just yet. I still am kind of trying to hold on to hope that maybe so. He's I know, behind I know, Mooney now. I know, I know no, no, <laughs> I know that. I completely know that, right? That that Darnell Mooney has that, stepped That in. wasn't,
0: nece- for to be clear for everybody listening, I wasn't necessarily like arguing with Marcus. It was, oh, that was almost of a, not exasperated, but like a, a shocking revelation releva- for m- right, myself. Right,
1: right, 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 right. And then here's the thing: like, I think I just realized that, like, just a couple days ago, right? Like, oh, he's he's behind Darnell Mooney now. Like, I had that <laughs> moment too, and and I know that. But part of me is still like, I can't quite give up on him yet. Now, if it does, and I know this week is not a great matchup with the Buccaneers on Thursday night. Um, but I'll just kind of keep an eye on how the targets are distributed. And if it looks like Mooney is starting to get more looks from Nick Foles, then maybe it's time to say goodbye, but I'm still willing to, to hold Miller on my bench if I can and give him one more chance to, to show me something. Okay. Uh, Preston Williams. I am reluctantly saying goodbye to Preston Williams. And <laughs> I was and I know you and I sort of disagreed on this. I think we talked in the preseason about this, that, that I was a Preston Williams stand, And I kept saying that, I think I kept saying that everybody's overdrafting Devontae Parker because Preston Williams, uh, you know, had similar numbers to him when they, were, when they were both on the field together. And I was like, Preston Williams is the guy who's the greater value. You, he's going to get you similar production with uh, far less draft capital. But at this point, you know, obviously the Devontae Parker breakout season from last year was not a fluke. And, you know, I just haven't seen enough from Preston Williams the last couple of weeks to really make me feel confident. And I'm, you know, I'm also starting to sort of lean that way toward Mike Gasicki, who was another guy that I was really big Mm. on. Um, He had one big game. And beyond that, we haven't really gotten much from Mike Gasicki. So I'm starting to get a little bit nervous for him. The reason I hold on to Gasicki is just because tight end is so volatile um that yeah. you just never really know from week to week but wide receiver you can just let a guy go and there's plenty of other guys you can try to find that will give you equal or better production
0: yeah so two follow-ups on that i didn't even expect it to be this bad on preston williams I actually i was even drafting him in later rounds but so the past two weeks to make you feel better about dropping him 7.7 percent target share he's behind Oof. as they afford by almost double yeah double like 50 mm-hmm. um and then the gusicki i'm with you i keep telling people this if you want to chase a tight end Go chase tight ends. I have no problem with it because outside the top six or seven, like you said, they're volatile. But the one thing about Kasicki, where I'm reluctant like you are, it's the same thing as Hawkinson for people that might want to drop him, is it's so hard to find tight ends that are on the field and running as many routes as they are. I know right. it's been miserable, but I'm not going to – like I know Tanyan is a lot of fun, and I could see go chase him. Sure, absolutely. He almost looks like the number two wide receiver. But <laughs> – uh, you know, are you going to really drop him for I'm trying to think of like anybody else that would like, like, I'll give you a good example. Everybody would have loved to drop him for Logan Thomas at the beginning of the season. And Logan Thomas has done nothing since week one.
1: You know, the, the weird thing about Logan Thomas is that like, he's out on the field a lot and he's running a ton of routes. They just don't look at him. Like, I don't, know no. if he's, I don't know if he has an invisibility cloak on or what, but he's like like all the, all the other metrics, all the other little things that would make you think Logan Thomas is worthwhile, they're all there. They all look great, <laughs> except for the one fact that they just don't throw him the football. Like, I, I don't know if he's just out there to get his steps in. Like, I have no idea why he's out on the field because he's certainly not out there to catch passes. I don't
0: know. I'm with you. I, I'm 100% baffled by that one. All right, so how about... No matter if Kenny Galladay is on the field or not,
1: he might as well be invisible. Marvin Jones. Yeah. Um, this is another one that I think I'm going to just wait a little bit on because this one's sort of shocking to me. Like, I don't understand why Marvin Jones has been so bad so far this season. I don't. I really don't understand it because he's always here, that guy. That, here. Do you, I, want the, do you want some context please, to make me – I'm, I'm going to try
0: and convince you to drop all these guys. Okay. So the past two weeks – he is sixth on the team in target percentage,
1: 8.2%. <laughs> please, please don't tell me he's behind Adrian Peterson. He, no, no, he's not okay. behind Adrian. But okay. he's, behind, <laughs> he's behind Hawkinson. He's
0: behind uh, who else? Uh, so Marvin Hall and oh. Amendola and Hawkinson. Yeah, so Hawkinson, Hock, Amendola, uh. well, basically everybody except for
1: Adrian Peterson. All right, you might, you, might, you might have just talked me into dropping Marvin Jones. Like, I just keep feeling like he's that guy. Here's the thing. What's going to happen is we're all going to give up on Marvin Jones, and, like, he'll be on the waiver wire in, like, 80% of leagues. That's when he'll give you the three-touchdown game. Oh, like, my God, I can't believe he said three
0: touchdowns. I was waiting. I didn't want to jump in and say it. You, so, Pat Thorman, when I put out that tweet earlier today, responded and said, yes, he has his bye. Now he's going to come back at
1: eight for 120 and three touchdowns. Right, he's totally going to have the three-touchdown game once everybody has given up on him. There'll be like, there'll be one person and of course he'll be playing me, but there will be one person that's starting Marvin Jones and we'll get, we'll take advantage of the three touchdown game.
0: That's so hilarious. I'm so happy you said three touchdowns. All right. Two more. (laughs) Uh, We already brought up Pascal. How about the person who's behind him now in T.Y. Hilton?
1: Yeah, no, it's over. It's over. I, I'm I'm done with Ty Hilton. I mean, it's, I looked at the the Colts passing game in the last three weeks. They haven't topped 250 passing yards as a team. Ty Hilton is basically running these just kind of like shorter to intermediate routes, and Philip Rivers is struggling to hit him consistently. Um, there's just nothing. There's there's nothing encouraging fantasy wise about the Colts passing game. It's just good enough. For them to be competitive in actual football, it is not good enough for you to have any pieces of that that passing game. And then the weird part is now they're not using Jonathan Taylor as much anymore. Like, I have no yeah. idea what they're doing in Indianapolis, but I want out. I want no parts of any Colts pass catchers right now. And the sad part is I think um, I believe it's my Scott fishbowl team. I think Phillip rivers is my second quarterback and I'm like, I'm greatly regretting that decision. I have, I have Josh Allen as my first quarterback. So that's sort of making up the difference, (laughs) but Phillip rivers is my second quarterback and I am, I am significantly regretting that decision.
0: Uh, At least you don't have Daniel Jones as your second quarterback. I I also, I also had to start three tight ends last week just to field the team. I just, (laughs) my Scott fishbowl team has been long dead. Um, All right, last one. Speaking of long dead, how about despite being on the field for 97% of the dropbacks, Brandon Cooks comes up with a goose egg. Is he droppable?
1: Yeah, I think I'm just angry with him. So, yes, I'm rage dropping (laughs) Brandon Cooks at this point because I, you know, I had to start him in a league and, you know, because I had some injuries. I had, you know, stuff like that. And so I had to start him and I'm thinking, dude, it's the Vikings, right? Like this is a this is a great matchup. Like it's going to happen, even if it's not like some bananas game. Like he'll have a decent game. He'll get some catches. Maybe he gets in the end zone. It'll be fine. I literally, I remember, I think I tweeted something about, like, have, has anybody seen Brandon Cooks? And then somebody responded back with, like, something about a concussion. And I was like, I really want to go check. I'm like, did he, did he maybe get hurt and I missed it or something? And I saw that yeah. he had played, like, 90-some-odd percent of the snaps. And I'm like, no, this dude's on the field. They're just not getting him the ball. And so, like, at this point – I'm out because it's just showing to be way too volatile. And I don't, I don't need that stress in my life week to week. (laughs) I'm glad you said that.
0: We essentially, from all intents and purposes, kind of got you to say to drop all of them. So pretty much. Yeah.
1: Uh All
0: right. So next segment, it's four weeks. Again, this is another one that I think is going to be fun, interesting. It's the trading time of year. We're starting to hit buys. Two teams on a buy. It's only going to get worse from here. We've already seen situations with the COVID impact. Injuries are starting to stack up. So teams are willing now. I'm one in three. I need to make moves. I'm open four. I can't afford another loss, blah, blah, blah. So you know it's that time of year. I want to just start with the first one. The most obvious name right now is the Mike Davis ticking clock. We know Christian McCaffrey is getting closer by the week. So I know this is, we kind of hate these questions because it's who should I trade him for? Right. But, but I want to ask you that question for this first one, because I want to know how low you're willing to go on Mike Davis. If you have him and assuming you don't have Christian McCaffrey, like how far are you going? Are you going wide receiver three? Are you going Justin Jackson? Because you know, it's the, the longer you wait, you might get nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, at this point, I may be taking just about anything I can get from Mike Davis, because um, you're right, the, the, I mean, it, it is, it is like buying bananas and watching them get brown on your counter, right? Like, because at some point, like, there's, there's nothing else you can do with them. Because once Christian McCaffrey comes back, it's over um why is that why did bananas get like that first out of brown and then you wake up the next morning and they're, and like they're black? just they're <laughs> black. I, I, you know what? it's 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 amazing right it, it, it's like a time bomb um i had somebody in fact uh send me a tweet asking if if you know th- that they were offered mike davis for robert woods and whether that was fair value and i'm like no <laughs> i'm like <"If>, yeah. <laughs> like you're asking me to give up robert woods for mike davis not a chance um yeah the the time to trade him was probably after that first game he played uh you know McCaffrey went down the very next week Mike Davis went out and had a really nice game that was the time to make the move because from then on uh the clock was ticking and so at this point if I can get a third wide receiver I just I just want somebody that I feel like will have value beyond a week or two from now because once Christian McCaffrey comes back He's going to be back on the field for, you know, 98% of the snaps again, like he has been for the last couple of years. Uh, And you're just going to be sitting there with Mike Davis. as just kind of an anchor on your roster, giving you nothing.
0: I'm a hundred percent agreement. I kind of like to always trade these guys about two, if possible, three weeks, you know, obviously you kind of want to, and that's exactly after what you said that first game, because we're only four weeks in, but that's the tough thing you have to deal with. All right. So here's the next one. And this one, is going to i'll actually give you not players but a range of players mm-hmm. it seems people are finally and i say finally because just last week in week three i still had people asking me should i trade him for Devonte parker who's like a fringy wide receiver too or even less than Devonte parker But that's james robinson james robinson top 15 running back or even rb1 value for you to be able to trade him away at this point
1: Ah, uh, man, if I could get an RB1 for James Robinson, I'm all about that. Um So you're you know, getting but, out if possible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if if I can get an RB1, absolutely. I I here's the thing. I do think Robinson has some staying power though in this offense. I mean, just because of the fact that right now he's the only running back that they're giving touches to. And and I know that there's not a lot of depth behind him there in Jacksonville, but but literally he's getting pretty much all the running back work for the Jaguars. And admittedly, he has looked very good doing it. Um, mm. And so, like, I think if you're talking about getting a top 15 running back, like, I don't know. Like, all right, that, I'll give you, I'll give you two running like backs one for
0: ones. I'll give you two one-for-ones. James Robinson for Jonathan Taylor.
1: A couple of weeks ago, I would have said Taylor for sure. Now, because the Colts, you know <laughs> – don't don't seem to you know know what they're doing um I'm less excited about it but I I, you know I think I still would would take Taylor because I think at some point uh, I think Frank Reich I think Nick Sirianni come to their senses and realize that hey this guy's really good so we should give him the ball more so uh I think I would I think I would still take Taylor but it definitely is a lot closer now than it was maybe a couple weeks ago
0: okay then James Robinson and Raheem Mostert about to return uh
1: I think I want I think I want Mostert uh, okay. Just because I have more faith long-term in the 49ers offense than I do in the Jaguars.
0: That's certainly fair. Okay. Here's the next one. This is a conundrum that a lot of people have to deal with. And actually, you know what? I'll throw Julio Jones in this conversation. Julio Jones, and Chris Godwin both sound like a week or two uh, Julio Jones. Obviously I'm speculating. We're recording this Tuesday night. Uh, Chris <laughs> Godwin sounds about one or two weeks. It, I'm just assuming Julio Jones aggravated the injury. They're not playing him this week and probably try to be safe after what just happened. But again, I'm making assumptions. So let's say you have Chris Godwin or Julio Jones and you are Marcus Grant. You are one in three. Do you take a wide receiver two to prevent yourself from potentially getting another loss? Or do you say, I can't afford to trade
1: a top 10 wide receiver because what they bring once they're back for Julio, I think I might. And, And that that's hard for me to say, because I'm the guy who preaches, you know, don't panic on Julio. This is what Julio does. This is who Julio is, but this, this injury is making me a little bit nervous, right? The fact that, you know, he's, he sat out and he comes back and then he plays a half and then he's gone again. Like, I, I get the feeling that, you know, one, they may just kind of shut him down for a week or two to try to get him healthy. But my other fear is that it starts to linger a little bit more. I think I'm willing to be patient on Chris Godwin. I think I'm going to hold on and, and wait and hope that when he comes back in a week or two that, that all is right and that he's going to be okay again. Uh, I might also be speaking from a place of hurt because in one of my leagues, I I made a trade. I had some running back depth, so I traded uh, Dalvin Cook straight up for Chris Godwin, and then Godwin got hurt, and then I watched Dalvin Cook go for like a <laughs> buck eighty. Um, so so this part of, this might this might be my own stubbornness and like just not wanting to to back down on this deal right now. But I, I just think that I'm I'm willing to wait a little bit more on Godwin, uh, but I am I am a little bit nervous about Julio right now.
0: Okay. Fair enough. How about David Montgomery? And here's, I'll draw a parallel and I'm not comparing him talent wise to Joe Mixon, but at what point do we ignore and say, you know what? I don't care if you're getting almost 20 touches every single week. You stink. (laughs) Like David Montgomery, uh, top 20 running back. If you got that as a return, even if that's a wide receiver equivalent, if you got top 20 return on David Montgomery, would you get rid of him?
1: Yeah, I would. Um, You know, and I know people are sort of pointing to the fact that he got, what, like six targets uh, this past week now that Tariq Cohen's not there. Like, that's nice. I'm not really buying it. Um, (laughs) The the thing about David Montgomery is that, like, I I felt, one, that I was a big David Montgomery stand last year and and that, you know, he was underwhelming to say the least. Uh, And and when I went back and sort of watched his runs from, from a lot of games last season, I came away with the feeling that he hasn't hit his ceiling but he's not far from it. And, and that to me was kind of a red flag. So I, I look at him this year and he doesn't catch the ball a lot. That was Tariq Cohen's domain until obviously he went on injured reserve. I don't think they're suddenly going to load him up with targets because of that. And so now you're really counting on him to have a whole lot of touchdown upside, which is sort of a dicey thing to bank on in that offense. And Nick Foles makes it better. Um, but Ashton, Mark. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I I mean, you mentioned Pat Thorman. I think it was Pat Thorman I was tweeting with, uh, you know, a couple days ago, uh, where he basically said, you know, just because we forget that, just because Nick Foles is better than Mitch Trubisky, that doesn't actually make him good. And my response was, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man man is king. I just don't think that that makes this Bears offense better. They're not a high-scoring offense where you feel like, you know, I can have their running back, their non-pass-catching running back and be okay with it. So if I could get top 20, you know, residual value for David Montgomery, I'm going to go on and do that.
0: All right. Fair enough. Kenyon Drake. Let's do Kenyon oh.
1: Drake.
0: Uh, see, and this thing, so we do this, and the reason I put him on this list is because you know this, Marcus, you've been in it a long time. We've known each other six or seven years, and we've been doing it even longer than that when you're in experienced leagues there, you know, everybody always says buy low, sell high. And at some point, you know, there's also a sell low. Like there's also, I get out of it because, (laughs) well, because each week, if Drake keeps doing this, he's going to have diminished returns Mm -hmm. on top of how bad he is already. Is it, is this bottom, I guess, here's the way I'll phrase it. Is he at his bottom basement price now? Like is now you can't trade him. Because it can't get worse than this. Or is there still a floor where he gets usurped by Edmonds?
1: I feel like scoring three and a half points against the Carolina run defense. If that's not hard pan, then I don't know what is. Um, (laughs) So because of that, like, I think for at least a week or two, you're sort of stuck with Kenyon Drake because you're not going to get anything close to commensurate value for him. And so you're sort of stuck with him for a little bit. Um, and, and you're just going to just kind of, just kind of have to eat it. Uh, and, and you hope that he has a game where he bounces back and at least brings that value up. But the moment, the moment he does anything of any, any note, I'm trying to deal him, uh, because, (laughs) and there was no bigger cheerleader for Kenyon Drake this off season than me. I really thought this was a guy that, you know, was easily going to be a top 10 running back. Um, I thought that, you know, hey, even if things, if things break right and, and now with Nuke there, this offense really takes off, uh, you know, maybe Kenyon Drake can even you know, sneak into the top eight or something. But I, I felt like if it didn't happen against Carolina last week, then it just might not happen all year. And now I'm starting to look at it. And, and look, I went back and watched that game too. Um, and I'm starting to have questions about the Cardinals offense as a whole because it basically consists of two plays. Throw the ball to Nuke. <laughs> Kyler Murray runs with the ball. Those are the two <laughs> things that are working. That's it. Uh, you know, maybe he'll throw a short pass to somebody else. Maybe he occasionally gets one to Larry Fitzgerald or Christian Kirk, or they, you know, they run a little dump off to Kenyon Drake. But the only two things that work are passes to Nuke and Kyler Murray runs. And so. Uh, I'm, I'm really, really concerned. And so I'm, I'm sort of waiting for Kenyon Drake to do a thing. And then I will try and package him with something and, and get something back. Because I just I don't want this headache anymore. Team. I just don't want it anymore. I don't. <laughs> oh, that's
0: certainly fair. Uh, so last one. Joe Mixon, because if I I think you would agree with me when I say that, hey, if we knew Zach Taylor had gotten his head out of you know where and uses Joe (laughs) Mixon like he did last week and said, let's use our best running back game as well and stop giving Gio the fast huddle, the two minute offense, let's stop doing that. But I think the concern is is that going to stay? Like if we knew that, we would say Joe Mixon's guaranteed top 10. He might even be pushing top five, but we don't know that. So if somebody comes to you with Joe Mixon, and I'll give you a perfect one because somebody asked me this question, I'll give you two running backs because both of them have injury concerns. If you had Joe Mixon and somebody offered you Chris Connor or James Conner, would you get away from Joe Mixon while you can?
1: Yep, Absolutely. I'm okay. I'm advocating like I'm advocating. Look, this is the week to try and trade Joe Mixon because the ceiling's never going to be higher, uh, the value's never going to be higher than what happened after this past week. And I still think there's going to be a lot of volatility. And I say that as a guy who I I thought Joe Mixon was a, sort of like Kenyon Drake. I thought there were big things coming for Joe Mixon, but I just think there's going to be way too much volatility. I still think Gio Bernard is going to to work into this offense, especially when they're in catch up mode, which. It's going to be a lot this year because the Bengals' defense is still very bad. Um, and on top of it, they just want Joe Burrow to throw the ball. Like, you know, yeah. I, you would think that that, that that 60, 61 pass attempts he had against the Browns <laughs> a few weeks ago, you, you think that's an anomaly, but it might not be that much of an anomaly. Like, maybe he doesn't throw it 60 times a lot, but 45 times – that might happen quite a bit this year and that just doesn't bode well for Mixon. So he'll have some nice games. I don't think he'll have, you know, any 40 point games too many more times, but he'll have some decent games, but it's going to be a roller coaster, And, and right now the value is as high as it's ever going to be. So if you can get off this train right now, I suggest you do it.
0: Get the hell away from it. All right. So I like, this, you know, we're kind of going with this aggressive route because here's the last one. And this is because like I said, I have a good friend of mine that works with you, Michael Florio and I like to poke fun because I've known him for a really long time. I've known him since essentially, like, I feel like the day he started as a kid, even though he wasn't the kid at the time. like, it's one of those ones where like, oh, I just love seeing that he's doing so well. And I always poke fun at him when we overlap on things. And I poke fun at him with you guys on Twitter because he was talking about, do you remember the player where he said, why the heck did you draft him if you want to bench him? Do you O-B-J. remember who it was? O-B-J. OBJ. So that was the thing. And I said, yeah, you know, you're stealing my shtick because since the beginning of the season, actually it was the second week. Uh, people started coming to me, and I can't believe they were asking this question. But this is, look, I'm not trying to talk down, even though that I already have done it by saying that. But, you know, people are inexperienced, and I got questions. I got people that I know personally texting me that were saying – should I bench Patrick Mahomes for Joe Burrow? I don't like the matchup. And my (laughs) response on Twitter started being, why the bleep did you draft him? And that's that's what this segment is. Why the pork chop sandwiches did you draft him if you're going to bench him, especially somebody like Patrick Mahomes. He's the first one on the board. Patrick Mahomes, I think that's the easiest, and that's why I put him there. There is no scenario on earth because you didn't end up with Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott, so you can't say that. You didn't end up with Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, so you can't say that. There, Marcus Grant is a 0%, not even 1% chance you are ever benching Patrick Mahomes,
1: correct? Correct. So so it's funny. So on on the, the Tuesday edition of NFL Fantasy Live, we you know we always do a recap of the Monday night games. And you know, we talk about the we call it the, the primetime performers and the off-peak performers. And so the the producers put Patrick Mahomes into the off-peak performers. Because the premise was, and look, I, I and, and I think it's more of a discussion topic, right, than than just trying to you know dump on Patrick Mahomes. But the the premise of the conversation was, well, he finished this week as the QB 17, and I said, okay, yeah, sure he did, but let's put that in context, right? Because Matthew <laughs> Stafford was the QB 10 in most scoring systems uh, this past week, and and Mahomes was 17 there were like 2.1 points that separated 10 from 17. So when you say Mahomes was QB 17 this week, it's not like he went out and just laid a turd, right? He didn't go out there and throw three picks and and have an awful game. Uh, Credit the Patriots, first of all, for, you know, as they tend to do, coming up with a game plan to slow down the other offense. And they did for about three quarters. And then the Chiefs figured it out and scored and ended up winning the game. But even then, he had, what, 20.4 points or 20.2 points, something like that. That's been his floor this year. He's given you at least 20 points every single week. And that's why you spent the early draft pick on Patrick Mahomes is for that safe floor. That that when he gives you 20 points, you're like, man, he had a bad day. That's still better than just about anybody else you're going to get on a week-to-week basis. So, you know, I, I feel like sometimes guys like that um, are a victim of their own success. And I think that's where we are with Mahomes. But yeah, you're not... Don't try to get cute. Don't overthink this. Don't play. This. <laughs> just just put Patrick Mahomes in there. Like that should be the one part in your lineup where you just don't have to think about it. Week. The only time you should have to think about it is when the Chiefs are on a bye. After that, like you don't have to think about it. I still might start him. In that case, I don't <laughs> right? I don't to uh, I actually, so I'll
0: give you real quick, and then we're gonna hit these next ones, kind of quick, hitty, uh, so we can wrap things up for you. Uh, but I told my buddy who texted me last week when he did start Burrow, and I, my response was, "I'm never benching Patrick Mahomes. Don't ever ask me this question again. Like, like just <laughs> this is a blanket answer for the f- entire future of your life. Uh, so that's what it is. So this segment is basically gonna be why the bleep did you draft them, but are you now saying that that's not the scenario? So these are top 50 picks where are you saying, why the bleep did you draft them, Marcus? Or are you saying, you know what? No, I could actually see benching him now. All right? Okay. So first up, Kenny Galladay. And again, these are only because people have asked me these questions. I have a feeling these are going to get progressively more likely to say why the bleep did – or why you didn't say why the bleep did you draft them. But Kenny Galladay, would you ever bench Kelly Gall- Kenny Galladay?
1: It's hard for me to imagine that. Um, I mean, we talked about Marvin Jones and where he is in the pecking order. Uh, Kenny Galladay is always going to be the guy to get the targets there in, in Detroit. So uh, I mean, maybe there's some weird scenario where I, I can't, I can't even think of one. I can't even think of a, a hypothetical. So no, I'm, I'm pretty much playing Kenny Galladay every week. Okay. So why the bleep did you draft him then? All right. So why the bleep did you draft him? Allen Robinson. Man, look, I keep saying, look, if if I had one wish, I mean, it'd probably be to cure all the societal ills uh, in in America, but if I had a lot (laughs) of wishes, would your second wish be skip
0: 2020?
1: Yeah, probably. Uh, (laughs) But if I had, if I had a lot of wishes, one of them would be to get Allen Robinson, like a decent quarterback for the first time in his life. Uh, But still the dude goes out and balls out. Like he's another guy. Like why did, why the bleep did you draft him? Like this guy, he's, he's pretty much quarterback proof. So I'm always starting him.
0: Okay. Fair enough. How about James
1: Connor? There you go. I could imagine benching James Conner. Really? Um, I, it, maybe, it's just, maybe it's just my injury concerns with him. And I know you can't predict that on a week-to-week basis. Right. Uh, I, I do feel like sort of some of that was sort of baked in to his draft price. And so maybe that's what sort of helps a little bit. But uh, I don't know. I feel like sometimes every now and then you just get those Benny Snell games out of nowhere. And so, like, I don't know. I, I, I could see a situation where, like, maybe I flex him. Maybe I bench him if I feel like I have some better options somewhere else.
0: Okay. How about somebody who's done nothing despite being similar to the end of last year where he was the quote-unquote wide receiver one for this
1: team? Zach Ertz, surprisingly quiet. I mean I guess I guess I could say I would bench him because I, I really advised against drafting him in the first place this year. Oh, uh so it's a like,
0: semi-victory lap is what you're saying. Here's the thing. <laughs>
1: I didn't think I didn't think it would be this bad though. Um, you know, I, I just felt like Dallas Goddard was gonna sort of pick off of his plate a little bit and make him really a really, really frustrating player. But even without Goddard, like there just hasn't been much there for Zach Ertz. So um, but again, because tight end is so volatile. Uh, it's hard to completely say benching him, but uh, if if somebody came to me and, and told me and you know had like a better matchup, like I don't know, say like a Janu Smith or something had a great matchup, um, I could I could see advocating sitting Zach Ertz.
0: Okay, how about and people drop this guy? I, I understand like last week was weird. <laughs> I, I I can't imagine how desperate you were for a position that you did, but this this is why to believe did you draft him if you were going to drop him?
1: <laughs> right, AJ Brown. Yeah, AJ Brown, you're holding on to Um, just because what we saw last year, and what we've seen early this year, like, I know he's been hurt, but like, wait for him to come back. Would you
0: start him his first game
1: back? Yeah, I probably would. Because I think, I think one, I think, you know, he's had the time. I think having this, this unintentional buy probably helps a little bit too (laughs) this week. Um, So as soon as he's back, I'm putting him back in my lineup. Now I'm, you know, I, I was in a guillotine league. Uh, I got chopped. Uh, in part because I had A.J. Brown sitting on the bench and I couldn't wait <laughs> and he couldn't come back in time for me uh, to, to help save my team. But uh, in in any kind of like standard league or seasonal leagues, yeah, as soon as A.J. Brown's back he's, back, he's back in my lineup. Were Were we in the same guillotine league? Uh, I think so. The, uh, the Paul Charchi and uh, Michael Yeah, Saviana. the one
0: where I would have made it if I didn't remember to swap out or if I didn't forget to swap out Chris Godwin.
1: <laughs> Yeah, well, this uh, this week, I got I got chopped because, uh, well, basically, like I couldn't I, I couldn't win anybody that I needed off waivers, and uh, I was basically forced to start Jordan Howard in one of my running back spots. And uh, mm. yeah, that's that's pretty much that. Wow, why did why bleep did you draft him? <laughs> you know, I usually believe I, I believe that Jordan Howard is going to be like one of those mid round steals at, at some point, and I I like a lot of people certainly did not count miles gaskin into the equation
0: i i will admit that jordan howard i didn't think that it would be this clear of anybody so i I don't blame you with the howard all right two more get you out of here jonathan taylor we brought him up earlier can he be benched and like this one is kind of special marcus because i feel like you already got saved by Mar- uh, Marlon Mack being hurt because Marlon Mack <laughs> was proving the concerns of Jonathan Taylor was that he was involved a lot and then got hurt. So you got saved, but you drafted Jonathan Taylor in the first four rounds. So even though it's been frustrating, right? Why the bleep did you draft him? If you're going to bench him, even though it's been
1: frustrating, right? Right. And especially because I think, you know, most places he was drafted kind of as an RB 2 Like, you know, I, I guess if, even if you draft him as an RB one, like, I feel like this point you're sort of pot committed, right? Like you're kind (laughs) of in on this whole thing. So I do think, and like I said earlier, I think at some point the Colts will come to their senses and realize what they have back there and start using him a little bit more. So, uh, I, I still think this is a, a why the bleep did you draft him and you, you just ride with him.
0: All right. Last one. And he's coming off a down game in a game that he should have smashed, but also his quarterback didn't smash. So there's concerns there, but Robert Woods, inside the top 50, had a down game, and people are saying, oh, should I bench him? You know, am I concerned about the matchup this week? You know, underrated team in Washington, blah, 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 blah. Why do I believe did you draft him, or can, can he hit your bench?
1: Uh, I... Okay, so I, I may be making this pick with my heart, but I want to say why the bleep did you draft him? Um, one, I, one, he's a Trojan, so fight on. Uh, two, <laughs> two, I really did believe in him. Like I, I had been saying the whole time that I think he was sort of the Rams receiver to have over Cooper Cup this year, uh, in part because of the way they sort of used him and, and lined him up in different spots around the formation, in part because they like to use him as a runner, too. They like to get him those jet sweeps and just get the ball in his hands that part seems to have kind of gone away because they have, you know, a trio of, or well, they will have a trio of running backs once Cam Akers gets back and is healthy again. So maybe that part goes away. Uh, I know that Jared Goff has been underwhelming as has the passing game, but I still think there are big games to come for Robert Woods. I think, you know, maybe there's more volatility than we anticipated, but I think there's some good things to come. So I, I still am riding that train. Stick with Bobby, stick with Bobby trees. Uh, why the bleep did you draft him? <sighs>
0: i love it i'm so glad you said that and basically almost <laughs> almost 100 almost 100 percent across the board on that one too but 100 percent, you should be following marcus at marcus grant you like that transition there that was you great. should actually at marcus g I, sh, I i said at marcus grant but at marcus g <laughs> on twitter once again before you get out of here marcus remind everybody uh you don't have to go through the times if you don't want to run through all sure. that again but where they can find you your podcast all the goodness and special
1: shout out again to mike florio for that segment yeah. By the way, he's, he's Michael F. Florio uh, on yes, our show yes. to, uh, to avoid confusion with the, the guy who runs that football blog uh, on the interwebs. The best uh, was
0: when, he fir- when I know him, when he first started, he got a ton of questions on Twitter oh, yeah. about, but it was football, like real football questions people were asking him. <laughs> he's like, I'm not, Michael, Flor- I'm I'm not Michael Florio. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's funny too, because I have, you know, I have Michael Florio on the show, Uh, And our producer is Eddie Murphy. So this is like just a star-studded podcast, if you want to listen to it, Uh, which it is. It's uh, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You can find the NFL Fantasy Football Show, download it where podcasts are available, also streaming in various places. And NFL Fantasy Live, five days a week, Monday through Friday on NFL Network. Check your local listings, set your DVRs. Nice.
0: And uh, Marcus is a great one, if you couldn't tell by this episode. So please do all of that. And I'll be back next week with a friend of Marcus's, Graham Barfield. So stay tuned for that. And good luck in week five. Hopefully we survive this week with no more injuries. But that's a prayer. All right, guys. Have a good one.